Welcome to Dumbbells and a Microphone. I'm DJ Moore. And I'm Joey Dussel. And this is episode 2B. Um, it is a second part to our series. We do an A and we do a B. I usually do my A topic and then Joey comes and does his B topic. Right. Okay. I don't know if I explained that quite as well as you wanted me to. That's okay. But there's two parts to this because this question is being answered twice. Right. And we're doing separate episodes so we can focus in on the other person's, you know, their topic. Let's see. Yeah. Bingo. So you and I obviously know each other well. We've had many days here at the kitchen table, a lot of conversations about health and fitness and about life. We've had a long parallel career with our employment together, and we want to be able to give that same kind of uh, feeling to the audience. So for the A and B episodes, we split our answers in half. We have that chance for each of us to act as the audience for each other. And I like doing it this way because it gives that chance for you to just have it completely to yourself, kind of, you know, really get in depth with it. Yep. This is good for you, too. Let's hope you don't go as long as me, though. Yeah, we'll see. So (laughs) I got my notes here on the screen. We got the board going. We'll get straight into it. Straight into it. I'm going to copy you. I'm going to start right at the beginning, you know, the origin uh, and kind of what got what got me into health and fitness for myself and then talk about what got me into coaching other people and a little bit about what I'm doing now. So, okay, yeah, straight off. uh, I'll just say that I kind of my one of my earliest fitness memories is actually watching martial artist BJ Penn jump out of a pool. He's in the water. He jumps out of the pool. It's like three and a half feet and he lands on the deck. Yeah. DJ's nodding. He's seen the video. It's massively impressive on the height of the jump, let alone with the water uh, restriction, you know, as you feel that against your thighs and you try to lift your legs out, he jumps up onto the deck of the pool. Not like a Herculean effort that's got him, you know, totally winded. He's not insanely pumped because he just pulled this off. He does it like, he can just do it. And he just got out of the pool in a normal fashion. And I watched this video. I was like, this is phenomenal. Uh, I'm really into this. And the reason I cared so much is because, you know, up until that point, I was participating in sports and I did, you know, a lot of playtime. I was a really physical kid, but I was always the scrawnier, weaker, needing to be more strategic or tactical whenever we played. Uh, because I didn't didn't have that physicality. I was a small little brain over brawn. Yeah, big time. Okay. And so I'm I'm watching BJ Penn, I think 16 and a half, 17 years old. Just to kind of paint the picture, I was probably 105 pounds by five, five foot five. You know, real Ooh. small guy. Yeah. Real scrawny too. Wow. So I watched BJ Penn jump out of this pool and I'm thinking, I want to be able to do what that guy can do or at least a little bit of it, and specifically in that manner where he looks like it's not a big deal for him. I thought that was really cool. Because, of course, he's an athlete, but there's something about this 24-7 ability that's a little more attractive than the single trophy. Yeah, so this is where ours are a little different. You, What I used to see is these humongous bodybuilders. Right. That's, a, that's all that was kind of present. Mm-hmm. What you got to watch was BJ Penn jump out of a pool, which is – impressive continue yeah right okay and and before i forget bj penn for those of you that don't know i believe he's the first non-brazilian to be awarded a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt so phenomenal martial artist 
um, champion in the UFC for quite a while, multiple weight classes. I mean, I thought this guy was fantastic because his primary weight class was 155, which was, you know, the smallest at the time. That's what the UFC offered. Um, and, you know, it was a little relatable. It was accessible because he was close to my stature. He didn't look like crazy jacked. He didn't have a, you know, a massive bodybuilder style. He kind of had this a little bit of a soft look to him. BJ Penn is notorious yeah. for this. You know, he doesn't, yes. he doesn't look like somebody that could just uh, really give you such trouble that, as he could. So I saw him and I saw what he was able to do. And I was looking at this, you know, from my perspective and on this video on, on YouTube, there was a comment that this is what CrossFit was able to do for you. And so that was this tiny little spark. And I did my research and I learned, and this is early days of CrossFit. So when you told people that you were interested in it, they would respond and say like, you, you do what? I don't understand. You'd always have to tell because it wasn't defined. It wasn't widespread. It was really hardcore. And when I started participating in CrossFit workouts, it was an industrial space with a, a trough down the side of the building where guys would throw up and spit. This was early days. Okay. Well, you say you keep saying early days. Uh, give me a year. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. The, so how old are you? I was born 1990. So at this, uh, this would have been 2006, 2007. Um, I'm looking at this gym. I'm just starting to get out of the house, have my own vehicle. Okay. And I'm participating in workouts with a few of my friends. We would go to the gym. We would spend a lot of time doing all these uh, bodybuilding-inspired routines with tons of sets, descending, challenge, different machines. Um, but it wasn't really harnessing any results for me. And I bring that up because it was significantly different than the way I felt from the CrossFit workouts. And I was actually finally able to harness uh, that sensation that I was having an effect on my own health and fitness. I was in control and I felt the results throughout my whole life. And I think that's a big thing with the CrossFit world. You know, they were really about functional fitness at the time. At the time. Yeah. And, and I say that because now, you know, it's 2022, 2023, we're looking at a, a different animal when it you say a, the word is, CrossFit. It is, I believe yeah. it's a very different animal. Yeah. So it was intended for when me. I started, uh, there was a really cool pressure relief which was that uh, it wasn't about how big you were. It wasn't just bodybuilding where sheer muscularity mattered. And in, in fact, it wasn't also just weight classes where we were only compared against people your own relative size, which I had a little experience with, with wrestling. And so the cool thing with CrossFit was that there was some movements that favor body weight individuals like a gymnast who can move him, his own self really well. There's other elements that are for the weightlifter, where you have a lot of weight on the bar, and it actually benefits you to be a heavier individual because it's going to aid in the lift. Sure. And those elements might be mixed together in one single workout. So there's just kind of this cool reshuffling of the deck as to what it looked like to be, uh, you know, a fitness succeeder when you're in those workouts. I wish we would have had CrossFit when I was growing up. Yeah. Okay. Man, because that style which you were pumped on right now mm -hmm. like that's what got you started yeah like when it came out i was already doing stuff similar to this okay because of all of my years of training with kettlebells and stuff like that and learning all that coming up prior the to parts crossfit, of crossfit yeah if if i would have understood that concept of how to put it together in that metabolic form mm -hmm. oh man this would have been my thing yeah right. I, I, it, it strikes me way better than well 
we used to body think we were bodybuilding back in the day. Yeah. But CrossFit. Yeah. Would have been. Oh, I was into it. Yeah, yeah. I was 17 and a half or 18. I was testing myself and kind of learning my own limits Perfect. because, of course, you, you don't know what you're capable of. And CrossFit, those workouts really do, you know, push your upper your upper limits. And so I was able to really find success in this avenue where, you know, sometimes we were body weight, sometimes we were weightlifting, sometimes we had med ball, sometimes we were running, and it was all mixed together. And it all had a really cool 24-7 effect, which is that I, I noticed the results really frequently. I could move all the furniture in my house because I knew the proper deadlift and I felt myself in the right position. And I had this uh, cardio fitness where I could run after a stray dog and catch my breath really quickly. And that would just happen over and over throughout the day. All these things that I would notice on, on why I was participating in those highly challenging workouts. Okay. So, well, okay. People still don't know who you are though. Yeah. They know why you like that, like that appealed to you, but I know you differently because you're meticulous, mm. meticulous <laughs> in learning something. Yeah. And I have seen your squats and I've seen some of the other things that you've done and you're meticulous. And I, so I would like the audience to be a little more clear about who you are. Maybe is that you are, you want to learn it too. Right. Just like me, we're very intrigued about every piece of it yeah. and how to perform it to as, as close to perfection as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. I would, I'd say metaphorically, it was like I wanted to get explicit knowledge of every single tool in the toolbox, even if I wasn't going to turn that wrench very much. Right. I was going to use the others. Yeah. So that's, I just wanted to give that a little clear context. To that's our a good point. To yeah, I appreciate that. you bringing that up. You weren't just like anybody else. Like me, when I started, I, I felt like, oh my God, here we go. Mm -hmm. Like, what is this? Yeah. And how can I get my hands on more of it? Yeah. Almost drug-like kind of feeling. Like, In a sense, yeah, definitely. Like, Ooh, it's challenging. It's motivating. I don't get it, but I have to get it. Yeah. It's me against it. Mm -hmm. Continue, please. Yeah, this. absolutely. There's, there's definitely that feeling of um, the consistent challenge where the weight room the workout, it always kicks you this really empirical uh, audit of yourself. You know, like Henry Rawlings says it best, 200 pounds is always 200 pounds. You can feel like the king or a total dog. When you go into deadlift, you're going to get a true accounting of where you're at. And that's a super great way to sum up how these workouts that push you to your limits, they can actually help you really find out a lot about, about yourself. And you have days when you feel absolutely terrible and you still do good in the workout or you even have a new personal record. Other days where you feel great and then the results aren't as good as you feel like they should be. I understand. But you're still getting that really that really clear test, that really even and level uh, comparison almost every single time you participate. I couldn't have said it better. Okay, cool. Well, but thank we you. Just, I just wanted people to <laughs> yeah. know that this, there's a... To know you, though, is like when... I've known you for years, so it's easy for me just to say to people, yeah, you don't understand, Joey. He's smarter than you know. Hmm. Thank he you. He goes after things differently than anybody else I've ever met. Uh, the way you've approached this whole fitness and health has been eye-opening for me, and it's helped me to see things in other ways that I probably wouldn't have maybe as quickly if it hmm. wasn't for you. Cool. You've helped me along my journey, and I – 
I can't tell you enough how much it's helped me to become even better at what I do. Oh, cool. Thank you. Because I've listened to your wisdom said different ways, and it's cleared things for me. Hmm. So, man, we could spend more than 40 minutes talking That's about cool. what you I got appreciate going. that. So, well, I got a big so, smile on my face because I, I do appreciate that. And I'm glad that you bring it up because... You know, while we were preparing for this podcast, this episode in specific, we talked about the idea of like, why would someone listen to us? Why would they put us in their ears and spend time, you know, listening to these recordings? One of the things that we identified, uh, and I think this ties in with what we're talking about right now, is the reasons why we coach are a big driving factor for everything that we do in our professional business. And it's easy to say, like, you know, and just kind of put out that narrative. But in this case, it's actually true. You and I both know that if we wanted to make, like, killer money in fitness, we would not do things exactly the way we do. This is not the way to earn a lot of money, what we're doing right here. We'd get a widget. We'd make a program. We would cater to the masses. We'd go along with the industry and say the same things but louder. I would be down to 6% body fat. I would tan so you could see all my definition. I would wear smaller clothing. I would do all the things that you normally are seeing nowadays. No thanks. Yeah. Yep. So we're looking at why would we... Why would we uh, have someone listen to us? And we know, you know, what we would do if we were trying to just make money. But when we come together for this episode, we get to actually share that story and identify the things that got us started, keep us going, and then actually put us onto the path of coaching other people. And I think that's so refreshing to be able to share because it's totally absent from the rest of the fitness industry. Agreed. There's not a transparency. Yeah. Not like there needs to be. Yeah. And I, I, you know what? Maybe it doesn't need to be. Maybe this is all that needs to be here. Yeah. So if no one else follows the way we're doing it, that's okay with me. Right. Um, I, I too, I, I as well feel very refreshed talking about it like this and yeah. openly about who we are. Yeah. You know, it's, I would hire you based on my knowledge of you, but how am I going to get to know you? Yeah. These podcasts really help. I'm, I, I hope these help people. Yeah, really make a tr- not only a true I think decision that's a for, big deal. for hiring maybe us, mm-hmm. but maybe this helps for them hiring another trainer, a right. trainer yeah. like a, like a litmus test, right? For hiring somebody, they're listening yeah. to the, what we would choose as a trainer, right? Because why we coach? Well, maybe this will help that next person make that decision for them is to say, oh, does this person have X, Y, and Z? I think that's so, important, and I'm glad that you bring it up because. You know, you and I can say, hey, this isn't the way we do things if we wanted to make money. We can have a disagreement on, you know, different people's opinions. But what we know for sure is that the people who have the most success, the clients who find the most result from what they're doing with us, they buy in just as wholeheartedly as we are into ourselves in our own fitness participation. I'll go with that. So when we share our stories, it's to kind of give you a peek behind the curtain as to you know, why we're able to stay in there and to do repeated sessions and to go with it for decades upon decades. And we hope that you can then identify some of those things in yourself and use them for your own benefit as well. Use it as your seed or your spark that you can fold into your workouts. I'm I'm pretty sure (laughs) the length of time that my clients have spent with me shows me that that I'm on the right track. I mean, there is a... they're fierce. Yeah. Man, they are fierce. Well, and I'm afraid that a lot of people would assume, 
oh, you know, fitness professional, he's going to look good. He, he's doing that for those reasons. He's getting those compliments, and that's part of why he's able to go to the gym. And I'll tell you right now that if all that stuff was absent, I would still go to the gym, and I would still participate because of these reasons that I list here today. Those are the things that got me into the, the routine, and that's what's going to keep me into it as well. Did you answer this question, though? Because I have it written out. Why do you coach? Yeah, good question. I mean, it's that's right what I want to bring it up. Yeah. Why? So the, the thing that really got me started is, you know, I harnessed that feeling in myself of being able to feel like I could make a difference and have that locust of control where I looked at the whiteboard, the workout looked so intensely hard as to be incompletable. And we would chip away at that until eventually we had finished it. And that feeling started to spiral out into like looking at the project in the garage, cleaning up everything out there. It looks big, you chip away at it, you get tired and sweaty, but eventually it's done. And you kind of carry this momentum from workout to life and then from life back into workout. And so I felt that in myself and I, I saw and every single day I lived how it was affecting me. And I said, I wanna do this for other people. I want other people to go from fat and weak or small and scrawny, however unhappy, I want them to feel like they can make a difference, get a difference and have it for themselves from then on, just like I have it for myself. So you're not so concerned with the traditional, like, let's see how much fat we can get you to lose, how much muscle can we get you to gain? It's not. Oh, it wasn't even on my radar. No, you're, yeah. you're like, hey, you have a garage to clean. I want to show you all the things you're going to need to be able to do that yeah. and not break your back or yep. walk into the house hurt. Bingo. You'll have the ability exactly to it. do it all, walk in the house and be like, okay, what's next? Yeah, that's it. To be okay. able to live a life and then to feel good about what you're doing. And, and all, honestly, to also have a bit of uh, perceived safety, you know, to be, to know that I could fight, decently hard. I'm not going to get tired and out of breath and, and lose. I can run pretty fast if I needed to. I could pick someone up and throw them on my shoulder and climb up some stairs because we actually did partner stair climb. You know, it's like that was our cr crazy CrossFit workout of the day. Well, that kind of underlying confidence is such a powerful thing. I said, I want other people to have this too. I want to be able to spread this out and to have other people with the same sensations that I'm having. And so this was a perfect time in my life. I was doing uh, basically my first two years of college at the local college, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And in this time, I decided, hey, health and fitness, exercise science, coaching other people. So I went for that exact program at Oregon State. Short move for me, only about three or four hours, and I was now in college. I was already knowing exactly what I wanted to do, and I had my first two years done. So I got to come to this new spot and immerse myself all day, every day. I was talking stats and studies with other nerds who were also in the fitness, health and fitness industry. So See, it was we would have fit you, deep. you and me. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Nerding out. Yep. Even absolutely. From different backgrounds like this, I would have still been like, what? Yeah. 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 I had long philosophical <laughs> talks with my people, my friends, and what we were trying to do and, and why we were doing it. But I had a little bit more clarity than them because I already knew I wanted to come out of college with the best set of tools for coaching. The rest of the program, it's like how to be a good researcher, how to be a good you know, public speaker for health science, presenting information. That was useful, but there was also this extra piece of like, we wanna be a great instructor. And so when I was at college, I took 
PE teacher, teacher education, just college courses to teach you how to be a PE teacher. Of course, I don't teach PE. I teach physical activity for adults instead of children, but it, it really speaks to the educational component. And I didn't know it at the time, but it has been a through line for my whole business. I like to teach clients so they really end up not really needing me and they can have that knowledge that I have, which gives me that power that I, I so enjoy. And so for me, when I'm getting with people, I really love those beginners and then kind of giving them that freeway on-ramp, getting them up to speed, and then oh, hopefully yeah. they can accelerate yeah. beyond me and do more than I was ever able to, to personally achieve. I think that's just so cool. But you, you as a coach, you want to make sure that you get, a, get rid of as many pitfalls and potholes yeah. and hiccups. Derailment prevention. And, 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 can, and can streamline this event. Now, it's much harder than we're making it sound because we're dealing with more clients, and so yeah. there's a, this human factor. But as a coach... That's it. You know, mm -hmm. you take somebody, and these are some of my favorite people to coach too, is these beginners, right? The ones yeah. who are, or right now I'm working with middle-aged men and it's like, okay, you haven't done something Almost in a like long time. Almost like re-beginners. And you kind of remember how to do the things, yeah. but you, you're not, yeah, you're something's off still. Yeah. Uh, there's still that sort of machoism, bravado, like I could do these and I'm like, yeah, but they're not perfect yet, you know, right. and it, and that these are the guys I, because when they finally getting it right, you can see it, it just happens and they're yeah. so happy with what they're doing yep. and it's like, ah, these are beautiful moments. And I love again, that, man. It's way beyond the workout. It's way beyond the scale. The fat, the yeah. look, it's the, it's the recognition. And again, I think you and I coach for some of the same similar reasons. Yeah. It's this outcome. Yeah. And the journey that we have been on, we know how beautiful it's been. Mm -hmm. I'd like to share that like you do. I want to share that same thing with you. This yeah. doesn't have to be, I go to the gym, I grew it out. I f it's not even how we participate. No, yeah. I do not go to the gym to grunt it out. Yeah. Matter of fact, that's another uh, episode was like, what do we do? Yeah. How do we work out Our own when workouts. we don't want to work out? Yeah, big deal. So again, as a coach, Joey, I think you and I share a lot of similarities with this process of we want to help yeah. people yep. functionally get through life. Yep. If you got to clean your garage, it's yeah. okay. See, I'm just nodding and, and just basically yeah. looking like a bobblehead over here because I agree so much. And it's so much more rewarding for me to help someone that has like, we're getting rid of a second chin rather than achieving a second championship. The sports athletes are fun, but they're yeah. almost like a little easy. And it's not the same effect as the 24 hour a day fitness that you can see from someone. Now he can play with his kids or he can do things without feeling nervous about his back going to get hurt. Like that is so cool. And if I had to quantify it, the way I describe it to people is it's almost like we take a, a compass. And if I can change your compass heading like one, two, three, five degrees, now you're going to hike one, 10, 100 miles. Those two points are going to diverge further and further and further. I love knowing there's part of that wedge of difference is due to me. Maybe that's a little bit egotistical. I don't know. But I just like knowing it's like, hey, you just achieved that high box jump or heavy lift or workout or hike further than ever, partially because you know about knee position because we talk squat. Hell yeah. Like that's part of the compensation for me well, as a coach. Well, you should feel proud. I mean, yep. this is part of why we still continue to teach is because there's those moments we still get from these clients, yeah. these proud moments of yep. success. 
And we're like, this is why I'm here. Yeah. And the more that they achieve, and the happier I get. Right. So if I can coach an athlete who ultimately runs faster, lifts heavier, jumps higher than me, I'm stoked. I want them to surpass yep. my own physical abilities. Uh, and if they can, that's great. If not, I just want them to be participating and to say, hey, my whole life has been different because 10 years ago, you changed my compass heading a few degrees. Like, that's why I coach. I love that. That's so cool. This is why we have this podcast, too. Yeah. I'm th this is why this is here for us too, is we want to change that person's degree. Yep. Yes. I want to affect you in the most positive way. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I am not doing it for many other reasons than this. Yeah. Let's change. Yep. Let me show you. I love this, Joey. Is there, it's cool. Is there any more? I got some notes on my own. So let me make sure. I, well, uh, yeah. So let me see well, here. I think I got, so I got my, my origin, what got me started. And then I was put on this idea to get into college and I started studying exercise science. Yeah. I knew what I was looking to do. And so I was kind of lucky to start on it so early. Um, and so ultimately, uh, you know, long story short, I met with a great group of friends there at university. We formed a workout group that would meet in a garage a little bit off campus. It was on Linden street. Uh, we were the Linden street workout afternoons and evenings, a couple of nights a week. We were doing CrossFit running up and down the sidewalks and lifting kettlebells together. And uh, the reason I bring it up is because this group of athletes was working out with me kind of under my leadership on a totally volunteer basis. They weren't paying me. I had no control over them other than trying to attract them to the workouts. I had to meticulously plan how was I going to plan for partnerships to make sure everyone felt in, you know, appreciated and involved and could do something at their level and they're not going to be the outcast. And we had college students. And we had some moms and we had some youth and we had a workout for everybody. So it was this super tight community. Did you ever screw it up though? Did, well, you, did you ever, I mean, as a coach and trainer, like, have you ever, did you ever feel like at one point you're like, oh man, like this is not working? Uh, I don't, or, I don't, I didn't I mean, personally have that. I felt really lucky with it because, you know, I was enamored to find a number of people that felt almost the same way as me about health and fitness. Now, granted, nobody else had moved cities to study it, but they were also showing up for the afternoon workouts and they were also buying into learning the movements. And ultimately that group of people followed me to the launch of a CrossFit facility. I was the head coach. One of my clients was the financial backer. We bought all the equipment. We started the classes. We grew the membership. I mean, it was a, it was a really tidy operation. And I was pretty young as a coach because I had sort of started so early by knowing what I wanted to do. So ultimately now, unfortunately, all I had afterwards was a bad relationship with her and some legal fees and the experience that comes from opening a gym and starting it from scratch. Now, because of that and those legal, those legal situation, I had a non-compete. So I went to the neighboring city and I did it again. I opened another CrossFit gym. I built another community. I had a great group of athletes around me uh, and I did it even a bit better than the first time. And so I bring that up because it really drives home the important part of fitness, I think, for everyone, which is there has to be a social community. You have to know people at the gym. You have to say hello to somebody else. You have to have that kind of accountability friendship that comes from a shared experience. And when it's a challenging experience, it's a little bit sharper. It works even a little bit better. But what I found was that if we're not able to have that kind of social aspect, then one-on-one -on -one personal training doesn't work as well as getting people into a small group. So I had this amazing balance of starting for myself, then 
focusing on other people, working with all of them as a group. And then ultimately, my next career evolution was actually to move up to Portland and start doing predominantly one-on-one training. And this was kind of a big shift because I was going from group to one-on-one. But I share it with everyone now because I really think it's important to paint the picture of working with regular people, older, younger, athlete, regular, group, individual. I've done a little bit of everything. And oh, yeah, I, I guess I forgot to mention that, like, how much I, f- I forgot, dude, how many people I've trained over the years. Yeah. Like, from the demographic from young to old to right. athlete to non range. To yeah. Doctors to lawyers to moms and dads, yep. like, everything in between. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you had to go through that too. Okay. Yeah, and I think that uh, it's a it's an interesting similarity in our career evolutions. This was long before we knew each other, uh, right? All my CrossFit stuff, my move to Portland, that was before we had met. And so we both learned that we had to figure out not just like one single client and how to do great for them, which is a trap a lot of trainers fall into. And it's probably a client who's a lot like themselves. So it's a fit young guy training yeah, fit young guys. Fit young guy. right? yeah. It's like, so give me a fit young guy who's smart enough to train older soccer moms with two and a half knee injuries. Now we're talking about real, real ability. But anyways, um, the reason I'm bringing it up now is because DJ and I both had this opportunity to learn about a system, how to make a good plan for anyone, how to do efficient screening, how to adjust on the fly. Those are the kind of things that come up because of experience. And I think a little bit better with wide ranging experience. Yeah. And so I share that now so that people will know when we're talking about things on the podcast, it's already going through that filter of what works for the masses, what's going to be most effective for most people most of the time. That's what really matters. And that's what we're bringing up when we talk on the episodes. So you don't teach CrossFit anymore. I've always said, you know, chocolate cake and brownies are the same ingredients. It's just a difference on the uh, combination and the timing. So I'll use all those movements. I might not call it CrossFit, but it's going to be pretty close for sure. Man, that's, that is such, (laughs) it's like you're taking pieces of my playbook right out and you're using some of my own words, dude. Yeah. Okay, cool. I don't do CrossFit, Yeah. but there's a lot of things that they do in CrossFit that I do. Yep. Yeah. Even before there was that. So yeah, before right, CrossFit so popularized it. That makes it. sense. Okay, good analogy. So I'll tell you then, uh, kind of the last thing on my list here, just to, in the interest of making a complete episode. Um, now here we are. We have the podcast. Both you and I have our online coaching offerings. Both you and I work in person as well. Uh, so for me personally, now I'm doing Transformation Possible Online Health Coaching. That's my company, my coaching. And I'm also working one-on-one with groups and individuals as a trainer on Nike campus. So that's where I'm splitting my attention and that's what I'm doing now. But everything that I bring from all of my experience and education is constantly brought up in, in every session. And it sounds kind of a little cliched to, to say that, but I think that fitness professionals like ourselves are meant to occupy the place of knowing a tremendous, about, a tremendous amount about health and fitness and then learning a bunch about the client that's sitting in front of us and making a connection of what information they should be told, what order, how important. That's kind of a concierge service that the internet just simply cannot do for you because there's a ton of health and fitness advice that's good, but not good for you. My job as a trainer is to identify that. And I think that my experience is what allows me to, to do that a little bit better than most people my age. Yeah, 
the longevity of the trainers says a lot too. Yeah. It's hard to find a, a, someone like us who's been in it for as long as we have. Yeah. Um, they they generally kind of wane off. There's it, quite a lot of washout yeah, in the wash industry, out. so it's hard to do this for yeah. a long time, particularly with the the uphill nature of steep commissions that you split with your your place where you're working and tough hours and flaky schedules. It's a lot and, of and the commitment with people. I mean, yeah. not only are you training and showing how to perform exercises, how many this and that, you're also having to deal with this individual who has yeah. a lot of well baggage with this stuff too. Like, yeah, they're coming in at a point in their life that this is always a hard struggle. Yeah, they're and, predisposed to it being uh, being um, ineffective. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't need a trainer in the first place. Right. They would just do it on their own. Yeah, so. I think that we're both used to that and something that I've realized now as we've been talking through this episode for both of us we're highly highly committed to the act of a single training session or to working with a client and when we're talking about our our episode today we both went back decades almost as far as we could and we said hey this is what matters to us starting here and moving forward and showing you those significant events when we're coming into a training session all of that stuff is present and it helps for us when we do our own workouts, but it's also really meaningful as to speak on, you know, what we hope that the client brings to our session as well. Like we want you to show up just as pumped as we are and we're lifetime pumped up. You know, yeah. We're bringing all this yeah. together. Yeah. And so, you know, it really speaks to like why we want to get that session started on time and get the most out of it for you because that's the expectation we'd have for ourselves if the roles were reversed. And it's the way that we personally choose to work out when we're doing it without a trainer. Yeah. We have clear intent and purpose when we do this. We've been doing it a long yeah. time. It's, it's more than just a, a physical thing for us and it's more than just a mental thing for us. Yeah. It goes much deeper than that since we've been doing it as long as we have. Yeah. And I think that that shows too that when looking at who we are, you can trust us to, to tell you how it really is for us how we yeah. felt about this workout, how we get through our life. These are important things to know for our clientele and future listeners is we get it. Yeah. Oh, we get it. We yep. are not beyond getting it. Yeah. You know, not I, only have we probably heard what they're going to tell us from someone else, <laughs> but we've also lived it. A lot of those same reasons are things yeah. we've experienced and that we feel yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. And, cool. and I work with I work with a couple of seniors right now and let me tell you, man, I am so glad that we are here to help yeah. some of these people because it is truly benefiting my clients. Yeah. I see it every day. That's so cool. That benefit that we give them, that one correction here and there that we do, it shows in where they are at against their peers. Yeah. And I have a couple seniors. I know exactly I who you're talking about. Yeah, it's so cool to see them just have a life still. That's the difference. Peers, yeah are not talking about their life in the same way. Yeah. So when I get, as a, as a trainer, I get to hear this from my clients about how their friends see them yeah. and them working with me. Yeah. It's night and day. See, I love that, man, because it's, it's well beyond the scale. You can't photograph it. It's, it's so many of those reasons why we coach that are beyond, beyond what people may think of it. So for this episode, I hope that people have gotten a little bit better idea of who I am and, and what I'm doing, why I'm doing this. And I hope that you can take that knowledge uh, and, and just apply it to everything that you hear on future episodes. You know, when we're talking about health and fitness recommendations, we've already put it through that filter of 
getting it to people and, and actually making it work. And we're coming to it from maybe a more similar place than the audience might think. Uh, yeah, exactly. Cool, man. Anything to add to that, or is that a good is that a good ending point for the episode? I think it's a fantastic time to just say, hey, if you want to know more, we'll do more. Yeah, let so, us know. Yeah. Questions, comments, concerns, ideas, yeah. suggestions, or if you just want to say hi, send us a message. You know how to find us. And if you don't, then the message part will be too hard also. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> All right, let's end it. All right, we'll get out of here with that. All right. Goodbye. Thanks Bye. for listening again. Hope to see you on the next one.